Jesus. <laughs> We're having a little bit of an echo in the room. <laughs> I know. <laughs> exactly. I am a human synthesizer. <laughs> hey, everyone. This is Liza. And I'll tell you what I want. What do you want? What do you really, really want? Two front teeth for Christmas. <laughs> 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 when it don't come out when you eat corn like you do. <laughs> um, Did you say porn? <laughs> No, but I will be saying that word in a little bit. Ooh. Bike porn, bike porn. It's a little teaser. porno. Running the board tonight, it's Bagel. Shoop, shoop, Oh, good one. <laughs> that was good. Shoop, I like it. And on the couch tonight, everybody's favorite viking it's cat mcclown <laughs> buongiorno <laughs> yay an italian viking, it's an italian right, viking. Italian that's viking. where i'm gonna be i'm literally i'm all packed so it's a, my head's already going there gotta <laughs> nice. wait for my ass to catch up with it grazie. <laughs> also joining us on the classy girl couch tonight for the first time are you ready for this are you ready it's sarah hi <laughs> hey. there you go over on the train side of the room it's Bex. Aloha. And over by the window to let the stink out. It's Naked Jim. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Peace, love, and soul. Hey. Hey. So, um, I know I said it's in sunny California, and I know people don't like it when we talk about the weather, but shit, damn. Yeah. There's a storm coming through here. Yeah. <clears throat> Thunderheads. Thunderbolts and lightning. Mm-hmm. Very, very frightening. <laughs> frightening as a wake <laughs> first thing in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very unusual to get thunderstorms. Yeah. And we had like, it was like 10 second thunder that vibrated the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the wake up call. And Kat, you said you had it up north too? Yeah, it was up north. And, but I realized the people in the Midwest and on the East Coast they think this is normal. But for Californians, hail is not a normal thing. So to get like massive amounts of hail this morning, mm. I know we sound like a bunch of candy ass Californians. Oh, it's hail. But no, I like was like, what? This is wrong. Yeah. Well, at least it had moisture in it and it didn't light half the state on fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely up for that. Valid point, Jim. Valid but, point. But I have to say, having grown up on the East Coast, when I was aw- awoken by that thunder this morning, I, for my first thought, my first thought was, "Ooh, that was a good one!" <laughs> right? Yeah, I was so stoked. Oh, I love it. No, the rain is good, except mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys heard that they had to cancel the Sacramento Mile. They did. Oh no! Yeah. No, they rescheduled for August. Oh wow! They didn't cancel it. Yeah, it's delayed. Yeah. But they, yeah. they thought it'd be better to have it when it's balls hot. Exactly. <laughs> they heard about my leg injury yeah. and they were considering. Oh, yeah, so that's a bummer. And they canceled it last week. Like, they knew yeah. that this storm was coming. Wow. And I guess. Uh, well, they just postponed it still. I mean, at least I can go now before I couldn't go. Yeah. Actually, uh, our friend Serge at citybike.com, 
he wrote a kind of a scathing article about like them being like pansy asses, mm. not wanting to get their bikes dirty and mm. racing in the mud, mm. where real men race. Yeah, you go into that corner at 110 miles an hour on dirt. And they're so mm. fast. Ten other dudes and everything else. They're so fast. They're, like, it's all they're doing just to stay on the track. Well, because in and, dry and also, conditions. Yeah, because if you're on on like hard packed dirt, mm-hmm. you add water to that, and it's just going to be slick as shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it's mean, like, I've never ridden on it. I'd pay double to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening? <laughs> Look at that, yeah. Yeah. that that would be a different kind of show. <laughs> so it's been rescheduled. Uh, all right, that's all right. Um, oh, Jim, I didn't tell you this. This is kind of cool. So I was talking with our friend Yuri Berrigan mm-hmm. yesterday. Fast hey, Yuri. Yuri. I know you're hey, stalking Yuri. us. I know you are. <laughs> Yuri loves to respond like four days later to something that was said and just respond. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, dude. <laughs> like one I, word. Yuri, I appreciate your perspective, candidly. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he brought to my attention there's yet another AMA Hall of Famer in the Bay Area well, that yeah. he's connected with. And I asked him to try and hook us up. For an interview, I love the stories of these Hall of Famers. Um, I mean, Jim Rice is, I think, still one of our favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm working on getting another Hall of Famer in here. Is it? Is it? We have to wait. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keep us in suspense. Yeah. But thanks for telling us nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I just brought that up. It's. it's I think it's, it's exciting. Carrot. It is exciting. I think it's exciting. Just teasing us. Teasing. Us. <laughs> um. And another thing I'm going to... Oh, wait. Speaking what? of Yuri, Ooh, I uh, saw him yeah. boxing his motorcycle up to ship to Isle of Man. Mm-hmm. Didn't I see him putting oh, yeah. a crate on a on a cargo ship kind of thing? Yeah, so right on, Yuri. Nice. Yeah. Right, on, right, right on. He did tell me that he did get accepted again. Cool. Um, but he's no longer the uh, rule breaker and scofflaw he used to be. <laughs> You know, but he he loves that. I mean, if you go back and listen to the podcast we did, or the few we did with him around mm-hmm. Isle of Man, he not only fell in love with Isle of Man, but I think Isle of Man <laughs> fell in love with Yuri, too. Cool. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so here's another little uh, tease I'm going to drop for people who are fans of our short, The Sobbing Scooterist, which, by the way, is playing in a film festival in Quebec in July, I want to say. Um, I would tell you what it is, but I can't pronounce it because it's very long and French sounding. <laughs> but um, we have started working on our next short film. Mm-hmm. Bum, bum, bum. And I'll just give you the clue. The working title, which may be the title, but the working title is... Motosexual. Oh, can Moto Benditos be a part of it? They could be the sponsor. Oh my god. Yeah, and it is what it is what it sounds like. Just say um, that. Yeah. You're welcome. No, that that's a Cleveland Moto thing. Come on, back. I love Phil. Unky Phil. Yeah. So yeah, uh, stay tuned. We're gonna be shooting that soon. Gonna get your motor revving. <laughs> um. Let's just say there is nothing like it out there in the video world that I have ever seen. Right up your alley, Liza. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's because they put people in jail for what you're thinking. <laughs> um, I wanted to cover real quick uh, some of the stuff we worked on today. Um, Jim, you did some maintenance on your bike. 
Not so much. I kind of watched the uh, the group effort pitching. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a misfitty moment. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I got a, a couple of things I'm working on right now. I had to do uh, do new chain and sprockets on the FC1, and I'm also doing fork seals on the KLX right now. And I'm kind of in a I'm pushing a little bit because I'm going out of town tomorrow. But when I get back, I go out of town again, and then when I get back, we're doing a bunch of riding. So I need to get the bike sorted out before that. And it kind of came unexpected. The KLX fork seals I knew, but I went to do a chain adjustment on the FC1 and I knew it was getting to the end because it was you know shorter and shorter between adjustments mm-hmm. yeah and my sprocket looks like like ocean waves right. you know that yeah. kind of thing <laughs> and uh, so I, I'm like alright I can't ride it now um but I'm, like I said, I'm going out of town. I was running out of time. So Liza said it was storming out this morning. And she goes, hey, just bring it down to the garage. I'm not doing anything. And yeah, nobody showed up. I'm just sitting here. Yeah. So I was like, uh, okay. Um, and I brought it down. And then I had to go you know, do some other stuff to get ready for my trip. And uh, I don't know, Liza, I brought it down. And then it was you guys or you. Oh, I, w- I managed to dismantle everything. The hard part, right? Yeah, and you you even, you, you were very nice <laughs> and printed out a whole thing on how to, like the how-to. Yeah. And I ignored step two. <laughs> yeah, which didn't seem to be an issue, actually, putting it back together either. <clears throat> yeah. I know. Yeah. But um, it's just a good reminder to everyone, if you're replacing the chain, replace the sprockets, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was actually kind of fun because everybody pitched in because I was coming and going. Um, and as I came in, I would do a, f- a few things, really, like, you know, putting the rear sprocket on and things like that and torquing most of the stuff. But Knock, too bad he's not here, was a tremendous help. So he was jumping in and because I was kind of rushing and missing things. He was reminding me. So, yeah, so, you know, as far as using the, the Motion Pro chain tool. I'd say it's mm-hmm. 80 bucks well spent. If you're doing any uh, chains at all, the Motion Pro tool makes it really easy. So, And uh, what does that tool actually do? It does everything. So it breaks chains, it, it mm-hmm. squishes rivets, it pushes the plates together, all this stuff. But what's nice is the anvils and whatnot are magnetic so they're not falling out. Mm-hmm. So that's handy. Um, so you don't lose links and things like that? Yeah, well, just the pieces of the tool itself aren't kind of falling uh, mm-hmm. falling out. So... Yeah, so the, the the chain thing made it real easy. So, yeah, new sprockets and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I only kind of pitched in. It's like other people really kind of helped do the work. I mean, at, at one point, we, it was like four people around the back. Of the, we were trying to get the tire on, and the jack stand was, or the, the rear tire stand was a little funky. But, um, yeah, but just rode it around, ran some more errands, and all good. I will admit, um, I had an idiot moment on your bike. We spent the first, like, 15 minutes... <laughs> trying to get the jack stand uh, adjusted and and in there so that we could get it up so that we could take the wheel off and that was that was a whole pain in the ass. We got it. It was secure. And then later, Knox like, it's got a center stand. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that was, was pretty like, good. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Geez. Too many old bikes here in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. stupid. And then um, our friend John with the Harley, uh, who keeps uh, learning lessons every week, he just now learned a lesson. Um, so we found in our donated pile a pair of brand new burly shocks for a Harley or Cruiser. And he's like, oh, these are really nice. And so he swapped them out. And I told him you just do one shock at a time on a bike like that. It's not that hard. <clears throat> and um, when he was assembling the last piece and he was putting the nut on. And they have a like a big acorn nut that goes over the stud he didn't put one of the spacers on so when he tightened it up that acorn nut got to the end of the stud or couldn't go anymore and he kept 
pushing, <laughs> and he snapped that bolt right off. Oh, the stud? Mm-hmm. Oh. The stud in it? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And he it's was like, oh, touch. no. <laughs> now, that is a lesson. And I find that's one of the differences between women and men in general uh-huh. is mechanics that men just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. And women were like, that feels good. Right. Women we just don't here. go that extra. Um, and so the poor guy, he was just like, oh, damn. So what do you, how do you get out? How do you get home? There were two threads left. <laughs> <laughs> and I gave him a new nut for it. Wow. And I'm like, well. And a, pat on the and a red colored Loctite. <laughs> <laughs> this will get you home, but you're going to have to get a new stud in there. Hmm. But you know what? He's learning lessons, and that's what it's all about, isn't it? He reminds me of a wiser Andy. <laughs> you know, at least he keeps showing up and he shows up early. Give him credit for that. Yeah. Yeah. He keeps at it, that's for sure. Uh-huh. Well, you know, he's learning his lessons. And, you know, you get two kinds of people out there. The the ones who just uh, don't do the work themselves, take it to the shop. Right, Kat? I'm looking at you. I do a fair amount of my maintenance. It's just it takes me a really, really long time. And mm-hmm. I have learned that lesson about not over-tightening. Because I, I over-tightened and I broke one of my front wheels stem. The, one of the uh-huh. bolts held on my front wheel as a bike when I was 13 years old. And I busted <laughs> it. And it took us like a whole day to re- remake another bolt. And so I guess one of the lessons I learned from that is, one, don't over-tighten it. Two, be careful, cat. You're going to screw something up. <laughs> and unfortunately, I think I listen more to that second lesson than I do the first because I get really nervous in the garage because I usually end up screwing something up. Fair enough. Well, the other type of people out there are the ones who just do it themselves. But sometimes it's best to take it to a shop. So, um, actually, our friends at Law Tigers, uh, they are a sponsor of ours. And what's really cool is they want to use their time that they're paying for to highlight shops that they like. And so today's shop is going to be Tokyo Moto, and this is in San Francisco. Hmm. New address at 50 to Harrow in San Francisco, TokyoMotoSF.com. And Tokyo Moto is a full-service motorcycle repair shop fully equipped to handle just about any repair. Led by Sean and Alex, they believe in building customer relationships by providing service and value that exceeds your expectations. They're also an independent motorcycle repair shop specializing in Japanese motorcycles cycles and scooters they work on atvs side-by-sides and dirt bikes they pride themselves in being a top-notch service center for all makes of late model sport bikes and it's great to have somebody who will work on anything yeah it's hard Um, harder to find these days it is and you know just like your local shop law tigers will take care of you too for those who don't know law tigers is a law firm when you get in an accident you want to work with lawyers who know how to handle motorcycle related um, uh, accidents yeah because there are some lawyers who, who don't get it and we do know that there are biases out there so law tigers they pride themselves in being a resource for the riding community they you can turn to when you need check out law tigers online at lawtigers.com or call 1-800-LAW-TIGERS and say hi to Matt and Kelly if you see them driving the law tigers van around NorCal and it <laughs> is a big law tiger van it is but it brings up a good point we do have a lot of good shops that you can trust and take your bikes to but what do you do 
when the shop fails you. And this is, um, we're about to share a story, actually, and it's a good reminder, because I always tell everyone, um, your life depends on the work being done on your bike. So who is best to check it? And a lot of people say they don't trust themselves being the mechanic. They'd rather have somebody who knows what they're doing. But you also have to remember that the person at the shop isn't the one whose life is going to be in danger. And Bex has a story she's going to share. um, And it's just a good reminder, even if you have work done, unless it's Emma. (laughs) Or, well, if it's Emma on a Friday afternoon when she's had some gin. (laughs) Always check the work. It's just always. So, Bex... Yeah. You had some work done at a local shop. I did, and that's very atypical for me. I usually work on my bike. Um, but when uh, a couple things went wrong and the owner offered to have their tech uh, install my my wheels back on, um, so I got new rubber, and usually I take apart my bike in the parking lot and have them spoon it on, and I put my, my wheels back on. Um so I was like, sure, cool. You know, have a tech do it. Somebody who's been doing this for decades, you know, basically like since I've been alive, um, that'd be easy, per cheesy and save me some time. So I was like, yeah, right on. Um, I didn't know that free service was, uh, was potentially going to cost me either my life or my brain. Um, so I found out, uh, headed to SF Mods and Rockers with the bagel and Miss Emma behind me because I actually, uh, have an ACL tear. So I only have one leg kind of functioning and I was riding a bike that had fork seals that were leaking. So I didn't have a front brake that worked really well. Um, it turned <laughs> out that I ended up with no front brake, uh, yeah. just south of, San Francisco, actually just south of Pacifica. This is on the freeway. Yeah, we're on Highway 1. Uh, mm-hmm. We're heading north. And I think Bagel's scooter was at like 75. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty good. Yep. And um, so we were cruising, and I we we got over an overpass bridge thing that's over like a, a water outlet to the ocean. Gorgeous day, by the way. Phenomenal. Um, and I heard a weird tap, like tap, tap 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 and i i now know bikes a lot more and i was like that's not right Mm -hmm. so i throttled off and and i was going over this bridge so i was like maybe something's rattling from the bridge but at that point that's going through my head i'm gonna stop at the end of the bridge emma's honking and flashing me and i'm on comms with bagel i was like hey bagel (laughs) pulling over uh and then i looked down and sure enough my my front brake caliper was detached from my wheel just dangling Ooh, dangling no. bouncing against oh, my front fork man. and the wheel and the wheel yeah yeah which my my wheel or classic this is um i'm on my 88 honda hawk nt650 and she's got her original wheels and they're a three spoke three like spoke but yeah. not spoke they're Mag- three awesome i mm-hmm. love that it's a sexy bike <laughs> um and yeah so like going oh fuck okay don't grab that use my rear brake which is my right leg which my left leg's messed up so trying to like stop but balance and put my leg down but not my leg down balance the bike all that happened um and we came to stop and i was like whoo big as all we can go to a hardware store and i knew we were about to be at pacifica 
And so um, I was like, chill. I carry safety wire in my tools. So I was like, okay, we'll safety wire it to the, the handlebars. And Bago starts getting the hardware store info. Emma is wiring the thing. I'm putting away some tools. We got it like rigged up, um, got back on the road. And within maybe what, I think three miles or less, yep. uh, and maybe 20 minutes, we had the bolts to replace it. Uh, I had a front brake again, which was great because uh, <laughs> I had a little bit of an oh shit moment <laughs> on route to the hardware store. Um, too bad Emma wasn't here because she, she saw it from the rear <laughs> where uh, Bagel's leading and we come around a curve and uh, the traffic stopped. Stopped. <laughs> And we're at a good clip. Right. I just want to say we've been joined. The knock is invaded. Knock is invaded. Knock. What's up, dickheads? Ah. (laughs) Fuck you, knock. Bex is uh, just sharing the story of riding up to San Francisco last week, and her caliper came off after she had work done at our local shop. That's not good, man. No. <laughs> really not good. How many how many calipers does your bike have? I have ones? one. One front brake caliper. Yep. Yes. And that one came off. Mm-hmm. It, it detached and dangled by the... Uh, On Highway 1. That's not a fun time. 75 miles an hour. So that's to catch you up to speed. It didn't get caught in the Oh, that is amazing that it didn't get caught in there. Because that could have been... Oh, my God. Hold on. I'm doing visuals. mile an hour. Yeah. No, you know what that is. first. You get... It's like a wrestler slam. Instantaneous 75 miles an hour into asphalt. You'd be trebucheted, basically. Oh, that's a fancy so, word. Yeah. I don't know that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got you got the bike working. <laughs> we call it Indo <laughs> at a local shop, and they didn't tighten the front bolt. Yeah, the caliper mounting bolt. So, so Liza is talking about. Yeah. We got the sponsor with Law Tiger is talking about uh, how they wanted to support our local shops here and use their mm. time. And then Liza kind of said, "Hey, well, what happens when your local shop?" fails you yeah, it's really more house. it's really more to the point you should always take your everything that's done as your responsibility to follow up and check that is and this is a a reminder of that it's kind of it's you know what like maybe i don't know if this is indicative of service depending on where you are but like you go to a shop and you pay your money you shouldn't have to worry about it i don't know if it has anything to do with a relationship with your mechanic or with a shop or whatever but like goddamn like you it should be fixed should. should yeah, but should. lots of things in this life that should happen. Totally, and but your caliper shouldn't up. come off on the freeway either. But in no. this, like in this case, in Bex's case, worst case scenario, she's dead. What about for the shop? Worst case scenario, they, they don't get, know they get anything. Sued to death. No, one of the things that that having a motorcycle attorney. Um, a specific accident injury attorney that deals with motorcycle accidents um, is that they understand that investigations in motorcycle accidents right. are uh, they're void of a lot of familiarity of motorcycle uh, behaviors yeah and mm-hmm. common um, practices yeah. yeah exactly so usually in an accident when the report's taken by a lay off like a regular officer um, or investigator it, it, they're not considering motorcycle behavior and motorcycle uh, motorcyclist behavior and having that knowledge um, would make a big difference but most likely had I been unfortunate and my caliper went into my wheel and I did a 75 mile an hour face plant into the asphalt um, likely that wouldn't have been found out that the caliper wasn't 
put on properly by the shop by the shop right uh particularly because it was a pro bono due to other inconveniences that they had uh uh, caused me um so they didn't even have a record probably that they worked on it right exactly well uh, I'm I'm glad that that worked out, and I'm glad also that you were with uh, Emma and Bagel, who mm-hmm. could assist you and you could ride yeah. safely. But I just wanted to use that story because when you really think about what very easily almost happened, mm-hmm. that it makes you think, oh, maybe I should check those things. Yes. I mean, Jim, Regardless, when you, you always. worked on your bike today and you're pulling out, were you, start, were you like, oh, did I tighten that? Oh, did oh, I yeah. tighten that? That's what's going through my mind right now. But uh, but that, you know, like all the all the bolts that we touched today, I'm going to put a little dab of, you know, white marker on it, you know, just to, so I can just visually see if anything moves. But yeah, it's yeah. in the back of my mind. Like, you know, I, I did torque that counter shaft sprocket nut to 45 pounds. I think <laughs> <laughs> I heard a click, but luckily yeah. there's you know there's fail safes with that stuff too, you know. But, you know, yeah. but you did have something loose when the first time you pulled out there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, like every time yeah. I have something loose. Right. Yeah, no, without knock, man, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> nah. So I, I like Jim's point about um, marking the bolts, and that's kind of to conclude the story of um, what do you do when your your shop fails you? Um, so I I'm a very face-to-face person um i went to the shop and i talked with the owner and i informed him hey like mistakes happen but when lives are on the line it's not okay and told him what happened um and he was mortified and this is important they need to learn yes um and i'm gonna say this is a shop that we've had i know of at least five people here who had their tires mounted uh backwards rotation right so there, there's been a lot of issues with this shop. Which I've been unaware of mechanical um, issues with the shop. So I didn't have any qualms about them working on my bike. Um, but just talk, in talking with the owner, um, he informed me that uh, his tech, who's also been a friend for decades, as well as his tech, uh, had been slipping. And he'd notice little things like a bolt and a seat or, you know, the tank not being tightened, um, but nothing this severe. Mm-hmm. And when that had been enough, and that was a couple of months ago now, uh, he, he told his buddy, he was like, hey, like, I don't want to fire you, but you need to look for another job. And so he did. And in fact, unfortunately, my bike was there on his text last week. Mm. Um, so that person is no longer actually even working on bikes. Um, still love of motorcycles, uh, been since the seventies and is now in sales for motorcycle parts. So not touching them as far as putting them together for riders to ride on, um, which is comforting. Now he's just ordering, ordering the wrong parts. That I'm not sure. (laughs) Well, regardless, I think that the important thing is that um, information and kind of non-judgmental, like going in and saying, hey, look, this is what happened. And then just letting that person inform you of what was going on. Yeah. and, And if they don't respond well, then, you know, it's time to find a better shop. Absolutely. Blast them on Yelp. <laughs> well, we do in the, actually, in this case, rather than do that, which could destroy the business, she went to them to talk about and found that they had 
made attempts to resolve it. So right. that's respectful. I I appreciate that the I action was taken business. that you went and told him that. Yeah. That instead of just being a dick and saying like mm. they right. suck, man, I almost right. died. Give him that so chance. So that us. was handled well too. Good job. I'm glad that cool. you're okay. So are Me you too. Yeah. you were short on time, that's why you took the bike to the shop, yeah? No. No. You just wanted to no, somebody. they messed up the orders a couple of times for my rubber. Mm. And uh, so they were like, hey, you know, we'll throw it on for you for free. Hmm. Interesting. There you go. But the bigger story here is that the reason you were heading up to San Francisco. Yeah. On a gloriously beautiful day, by the way. Yeah. Uh, sandwich between two friends. <laughs> the mods and rockers. Uh, Kat, have you ever done this? The uh, SF. Um, no, I'm not uh, saying who the club is. <laughs> um, mods and rockers. Uh-uh. Dude, uh, apparently it's gotten smaller than its heyday. Yeah, it was it was smaller this year than it had been in past years, but still it was a good turnout. The tunnel was still stinky. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I've done the I've done this. I, apparently you were there too before we really knew each yeah, other. Yeah. Um, the first time I went, there was about I think a hundred bikes and fifty scooters. And Holy shit. And the way it works is the bikes all line up in one place, the scooters are in another place, and then the bikes do a drive-by where the scooters are, or vice versa. I think the scooters do a drive-by, and they're like, hey, hey, honking (laughs) horns and waving fists, and then we like (laughs) act like we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to get you. And we all hop on our bikes and take off. It's all like mock thing. Are there ball-peen hammers being swung around (laughs) (laughs) in chains? Um, and then we take off uh, chasing them, and then it, it comes to a head in this tunnel in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And you get everybody starts just doing. Well, well the scooters come from one side right, of the tunnel. Right, scooters come from one the side. The motorcycles come from the other yeah. side and meet in the middle. There, there's meet a in the middle. There's and a then rendezvous. They have different. blockers who block traffic. Literally, the tunnel. Into the tunnel. Both ends. So people are blocking both ends, and everyone just starts doing circles and donuts and burnouts and wheelies. Like a big loop. And honking and fists. For like 15 minutes. everywhere. And right. The first year I did it, there was like um, a city bus that was being stopped. Yeah, because there's a big bus stop right in front of the tunnel. (laughs) And I remember like doing a circle and going by, and there were people with their hands on the windows and their face smashed up there. (laughs) These looks on their faces like, what is happening? <laughs> and there's smoke coming out from the burnouts, and Ugh. it basically is a giant um, hooligan mm-hmm. ride. We're gonna get letters about this. <laughs> I know it. I know so um, you're welcome. And it's it's a crazy hooligan ride of everybody riding like a giant swarm through the city. Traffic lights. <laughs> Stop signs, one-way streets, right? Yeah, they block the intersections and, you know... Just it the seems... Fuck the law! Like, totally chaotic. It's, except there's enough people who know how to block. And so you just constantly have people going ahead and blocking. And I found that yeah. was the best thing to do. Yeah. Because you would block and you'd get to the back. And then you'd race up to the mm-hmm. front. Yeah. And... And I remember at one point, like, I'm, like, racing up the front, and somebody passed me so close that they hit the mirror on my Ducati and knocked it forward. (laughs) Car? But, no, Mm. another biker. Another blocker? Um, But it's crazy, and it's that one time of the year that you go a little crazy. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the fact is, is that um, a mass of motorcycles are considered a one body unit in at least mm-hmm. in California for our vehicle laws. So we technically, albeit we block traffic for our safety, we are technically one body moving through that intersection. And as long as the start of that body enters that intersection on a green, which we actually did, I think. Um, I don't know. I'm <laughs> I think uh, so, yeah. We're within our realm of the law. However, not within the realm of people's understanding. Yeah. <laughs> and that's True. where it gets a little risky. Yeah. Yeah, and there have been times that cops try and stop you. Yeah, I can Um, just see myself trying to explain this to an officer and then getting tased. (laughs) No, my favorite, though, is um, we pulled into a parking lot out at the beach Yeah, um, just for a little break, and I saw a sheriff pull in and block the entrance and exit with his car. He got out of the car, and he was looking over, and I could see he was counting heads. He was counting, and he got on the radio. And then he got in his car, he backed up, and he left. Right. <laughs> He's like, this is beyond my control. We don't, we don't have enough wagons. Yeah. Yeah. Can I get enough backup to handle one, two, three, four? Oh, okay. they're, what they're doing is calling in the bulldozer. <laughs> I know. And then at one point, um, the cops were trying to infiltrate to find out because this is like a secret date they don't don't publicize it and they're trying to infiltrate Uh and this Mm. one year I went and instead of lining up out on a public street like we usually do um, because the cops the cops were looking Mm. like they were patrolling we were in an alley that had a little crook at the end so you had like a hundred bikes down this little alley like packed tight but we all like they coordinate so we were all backed in and we're all just whispering and talking like <laughs> and they had a lookout Bikers out of the mystery. street, like a pedestrian, like yeah. a lookout. Yeah. And then, oh like after like the cops disappeared, he just waved his hand in the air, and a hundred bikes started up and rumbled out of there. <laughs> it was amazing. You'll never catch yeah. me, copper. <laughs> nice. like, so I, I hear that it's gotten a little bit not oh, as yeah. crazy, and it. it it was really getting crazy. Yeah. So how was it this year? It, it was good. Um, we we had we had. Wait, that, were you on different teams? Yes, we were. Oh I yeah, was, we were opposing. We met in the tunnel. Yep. I waved my vest on backwards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this, the scooterists met at uh, Red's Java House over on the mm-hmm. uh, Barcadero. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the motorcyclists met like a mile up at like Pier Twenty Three. Yeah. Yeah. So we all just kind of like hung out for a little bit and. Um, so Emma and Bex went on to the motorcycle, motorcycle spot, and I hung out with the scooterists for a bit. And then at the at the coordinated time, everybody started up and lined up and took off. And we had and, different routes. Yeah, different routes. Yes. The the scooter ride, we went through you know, a little part of the city. We had maybe 20, 25 scooters, I think. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, went on probably like a 10-minute ride and then got to the Stockton Tunnel. And it turned out we were a little bit early. So we okay. kind of like, we kind of rode into the tunnel kind of slow. We're like, okay, where are the motorcycles? Are they coming? <laughs> and then they weren't there. So we're like, okay, crap. And let's, all right, let's block it. And somebody blocked the tunnel. And as we we're like turning around to come back, then the motorcycles show up. So, <laughs> so we almost had it just coordinated just right. But then the motorcyclists yeah. came and we, you know, we, the, I think the, the problem though is that we didn't, I don't think we got a scooter to block off the 
start when we went in. Yeah. So so there were like a couple cars that were coming through, but then somebody blocked it off. Yeah, it was a bit confusing at first to see that. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but then we you know, we had the the tunnel to ourselves and did our loops and our burnouts and and shenanigans and uh, frantic, it was frantic, so cool. And frantic pedestrians were running to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> and the vibration of the tunnel, like the air and yeah, all of boy. all the engines and all the revving and like the two strokes and it mm-hmm. was just right because this is this is it like was rad right because this is like an arch tunnel so yeah. all of the sound just gets focused right back mm-hmm. into the center of the tunnel <laughs> so like you can feel the vibrations and everything. Is this the same day that Beta Breakers happened? No, no, okay. no that was I think a couple days ago. Okay, okay. so that was a week before that. Right. So um, yeah, so then we all you know did our did our tunnel thing for a couple of minutes and. And then we all took off, um, headed and out of the tunnel. And then we became friends. Yep, yep. We all we duked together. it out in the tunnel, and then we like merged <laughs> up, and we're like all two wheel buddies. Yep, wow. and had one big hooligan ride across yeah, the city to uh, Baker Beach. And the thing too, um, yes. you have to take into account this is San Francisco. There are yes. hills. Yes, there are mm-hmm. turns. There's like traffic. it is traffic. Um, lights. I, I did it. Yeah, railroad tracks. Entitled oh, pedestrians. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but but the people who put this this ride together, they know the city. Um, and oh, yeah. They know the roads where you can go and avoid the traffic and avoid a lot of the lights and stop signs, mm. and and with a little bit of blocking and you know and and managing the traffic, we got through the across the entire city. Are and we not able to say them, like for? Oh, I don't. Well, I mean, I, I mean, they were great. I felt yeah. very safe on that ride, and it was a large ride, and there was some, you know, it was a complicated ride. It was, you know, we were rendezvousing, we're yeah. blocking off an entire tunnel, and we're doing some like. <laughs> crazy weird shit and then we like continue throughout the rest of the city and I didn't feel in danger I I felt the least in danger on a group ride that I've ever right yeah and and these were all really good riders Mm -hmm. like everybody was on 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 their game um and just riding super well so I did it one year I had a friend who wanted to come a friend visiting from out of town so I'm like sure we'll take my uh my BMW R1150 RT so I can ride too up comfortably and I was getting really pissed off because when we were going down hills that had curves fucking scooters kept passing me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. I'm like fuck you right (laughs) yeah and so when we hit a section where it was uphill now San Francisco Hills it is up the yeah. whole block and then a tabletop of a cross street then up and then a tabletop mm-hmm. so I'm like I'm gonna pass all these scooters right here using all my power <laughs> and I go passing them and I get up to the next intersection which is a tabletop and I in the air <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that happens two up yeah. and what happens is my front wheel just keeps going up uh-huh. and i come down on the back wheel yeah. and it's fun chain of events happened <laughs> oh, just that no. the first thing was that i i come down and the the front wheel slams down on the mm-hmm. ground Oof. immediately the center stand slams down the oh, ground makes shit. a clank <laughs> and then my passenger's helmet came and whacked me in the back of the head ah. it's just like bam 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 <laughs> and I was That's just like get. freaked out like ah what's ah. happening yeah. like alright scooters you win and your passenger wasn't freaked out <laughs> full face helmet so she was okay you dummy but it was just a smack 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 still oh my god I do ridiculous. not recommend getting air on one of those bikes no. with a passenger. Not the way no. she does it. No. <laughs> oh, you could do it, huh? No. <laughs> I wouldn't have a person... Uh, Knock, you ride in the city. Have you gotten air on any of those streets? Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I did have my Motard up there one time. It was fun. 
Well, there's a yeah, couple yeah. of streets that are just perfect for it. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know, you're like, all right, I'm going to so check that one easy. again. My buddy lives in Noe Valley, and one of the roads is, uh, I think it's like off of Castro or something. And uh, mm, those are steep. There, yeah, There's a steep hill, and there's a plateau, and then the other side of the hill essentially is a drop. Oh, so those I've, are scary. I've launched mm. off that before. Yeah. It was a fun time. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah. It's completely blind. You don't see what the fuck's going on. So you're yeah. like, uh, like arching or apexing the turn, the, the jump. And you're like, well, that's a little steeper than I thought it was going to be on the way down. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I had uh, I had some friends who did that. They had too much speed. They were riding two up on a bike, mm-hmm. and they like tabletop, and then went down the other side, uh-huh. and they crashed and. Ugh. They were pretty messed up, and you they get were up. they were yeah. unconscious. Ooh. Woke up in the hospital a couple of days later. Apparently, Damn. they were found at the end of the street, and their bike was found the next block down. Whoa! Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Gravity, yeah. it's a yeah. fucker. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they 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 slid a block and the bike slid yeah. two blocks. Yeah, oh, yeah. you'll drop twenty feet. I yeah. mean, off the tabletop. Well, I mean, that's those probably things, just weights or yeah. Wow. Physics. So, yeah. So anyway, with, with the Mazen Rockers, <sighs> we hung out at the beach for a bit after uh, after we ended the ride. Um, then we all headed back to the SFMC and hung out with those guys for a bit, and uh, then we made our way home. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it was a great day. It was a gorgeous. Beautiful day. ride. Uh, got, I didn't die. Yes. Thank it's all goodness. good, and uh, had good, uh, good, uh, good brunch on the way up, and some uh, dinner on the way back. Some what? good, good food along the route because yeah. that's a part of writing. How many, yeah. uh, how many hours was it total? Like, what time did you guys get back in town? We left at around eleven and got back around eight thirty, something like that. Oh shit, that's a day. It was a day full day. Now. Yeah, nice. We so, took the co- took the coast up, so. So, Jim, I know you got to go because yep, you Audi. are getting on a plane tomorrow. Do you yeah. want to tell everyone real quick plane. what you're do- going to do? Yeah, I'm bouncing, uh, flying out of San Francisco tomorrow, and uh, in a couple of days or a day and a half, whatever, I'll be in Edinburgh, Scotland. Oh, I hey. and, and? Uh, yeah, and I'm renting a R9T yeah. for three days. Yeah. <laughs> Potentially longer, and from Edinburgh, cool I bike. go to uh, the homeland in Pitlochry. From Pitlochry, over yeah. the Gorms uh, up to Nairn for yeah. some fish and chips and a wee dram, and then I think back down through the Cairngorms, or um, I don't know. Oh, no, you got to head further north, man. Uh, I know, I know. John O'Groats. Well, the, yeah. uh, well, you know, I originally thought about going up to John O'Groats, which is at the northern tip of Scotland, yeah, as the signpost and all that. But I only have, you know, I have three days, uh, and I want it to be leisurely. And, take the uh, road to the Isle of Skye, I beg you. Yeah, like I said, I've only got like, you know, two and a half, three <laughs> days. So I, uh, I will see. I don't know. I really have. That's my general itinerary. You're going to get so much so much uh, Scottish tang riding right. this bike. It's <laughs> <laughs> a cool bike, man. Ride to a pub and have a stout. Uh, yeah, there'll be a lot of that going on. And then, uh, yeah, I'm spending uh, a few days with family as well. I got family there. So it's really a family trip, but I'm just going early to ride motorbikes. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. that's how it's yeah. supposed to be done. Anyway, so I got to bounce. I got a few other, other things to Make sure you get some deep, cool. deep fried spicy haggis. That's uh, what is haggis? That sounds horrible. Um, as, as, yeah, as Kat <laughs> it's, explains it's... haggis, I will take my leave. Oh. <laughs> haggis, Later, Jim. Haggis, Later. It's nothing but sausage with with some with some oats and liver in it. That's mm-hmm. That doesn't sound bad. Yeah, but it's 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 always 
portrayed as something absolutely hideous when actually it's really nice especially That's in a good. cold rainy day with uh-huh. heaps and tatties well there you go that sounds mm-hmm. lovely actually so uh, I think it's uh, let's see I think it's about time to give away some free stuff oh yeah free stuff it's always a good time <laughs> yeah. for that y'all you know want what, some free shit you know what time it is time to give away Patreon prize pack again this is where we thank all of our Patreons who support us by uh, oh, shit, creating is... a box full of stuff and we're going to draw a random name. Oh, Everyone man. who's a Patreon supporter, their name is in this helmet bag. Let's Whoa. see. Uh, uh, not help me see what's in here. I got They got uh, two. a ch- chain brush. Uh, oh, oh yeah. well, it's a little throttle buddy here. A little uh, mm-hmm, a wrist rest. Wrist rest. Cramp buster. Oh, table luber. Yeah, uh-huh. cable lube tool. Yeah. Everyone needs their cable lube. <laughs> Regular uh, basis. Oh, you know what? That Motion Pro uh, single-person brake bleeder, that check valve, that's in there. Is it in here? Mm-hmm. I don't see it. I don't see it. It is. There's a... Uh, oh, it should be in here. We'll, we should put that back in here. Those are There's incredibly a handy. Uh, oh, $25 oh, off yeah. Twisted Road. Um, tire pressure gauge. Tire pressure gauge, keychain. Nice and I've got a uh, Law Tiger's hat, Law Tiger's... Uh, shirt and cat. Can you tell us what this is? Uh, this is a T-shirt of my own creation because I got tired of seeing Taylor the Dragon shirts everywhere I went. Yeah. This is Serpent to the Sea, nice. California's, Ooh. which should be California's famous road, Highway 36, 1,811 curves. Oh, it's so Ooh. good. Yeah, so is awesome. this is this is a Serpent to the Sea shirt. Excellent. And I believe there's also a uh, Layout Adventures uh, buff and a yeah. nice wipe. Yeah. A lot of, uh, yeah, some gimmies in there. Yeah. So, Kat, you oh, have a helmet bag. Can you bag. draw a name out I, of there? I hope, I'm, I'm hoping it's and somebody I hope out of state. They're not, <laughs> I hope they're not out of country like the last couple winners. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you got? The name is Evan Bloom. Ooh, awesome. Evan Bloom. Evan. Yeah. Congratulations. Evan, thank you for you your did support. It, buddy. You are going to get a box full of stuff. Oh, it's a yeah. great one. Yes. Nice. Oh, wow. That's nice. That's a good one. It has it, it has the right bits. Mm-hmm. It's got sockets and yep. screwdrivers and everything yeah, in it. And a driver on it. Those. Yeah. That's I fantastic. I with on me with Torque. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yes. Legit. Well, speaking of touring, Cat. Hmm. You came to uh, share, share some information. So uh, yeah. let's do a little introduction for those who don't remember. We have Kat McLeod of Layoud Adventures. Am escapes. I, Layoud Escapes. <laughs> Layoud Escapes. I'm so, I so focus on saying loud, loud, right. It's just Layoud. <laughs> See? It's okay. a Scottish thing. It's all right. Layoud Adventures. So um, you do these amazing trips, these mm-hmm. uh, dream adventures uh, where you go to different countries that have a MotoGP. Yes. And you take people on a tour that includes country and food and everything. And then they get to go ride on a track, mm-hmm. a MotoGP track. Yes. On amazing bikes. Yes. And often with a racer. A guest racer. Um, sometimes we have racers. There, the, honestly, it, it, with some of the folks, uh, they are included in the package, and sometimes it's uh, they'll be at the racetrack, and sometimes we'll have guest racers who actually join us on the tour as a surprise. I, I won't even know about it until I get a booking and say, "Hey, we're going to bring this guy along." Wow. Okay. It, it <laughs> uh, but for the most part, it's international motorcycle tours with track time on MotoGP circuits, and also, if you're not a track rider, we also do uh, go do MotoGP in 
Italy, but um, I was here to just give everyone some general information this time about Italy, just in case you're not a track rider or if you have no interest in MotoGP, but you would like to ride Italy or you're just sort of mm. hankering to do it. So I'm actually curious amongst you guys, the Italy tours, I'll be running three Italy tours this year for Layout Escapes, um, and we know that Italy is our most popular destination. That's one of the reasons why we now have three tours there. But I never get to ask anyone beforehand, why does everybody want to ride Italy? Why is Italy so popular? Why do so many people want to go? Bagel, have you ridden in Italy? I rode in a tiny corner of northwestern <laughs> Italy for about couple hours <laughs> so I got a tiny little taste of Italy um, but I would definitely love to do a full tour of Italy because uh, well for me personally it's the home of Vespa but okay um, it's also it also has they've got delicious food yeah the, the food has got to be a big thing the, I mean the culture is beautiful and you know people people are wonderful language is great they're, know, so. they're, well and it's romantic isn't yeah. it okay. and design and style is such a thing okay. about it's Italy that you think of it, you have okay California is awesome right it is mm -hmm. And Italy is actually very similar um, mm. size-wise, California-wise, and also has has a lot of coastal highways, byways, off-roading. There are amazing mountains in Italy, and it's fucking sexy. I mean, you just talk to people, and they're like, <laughs> that's it, Whoa. That's it right there. It's sexy. And, I mean, it's the food, and it's sexy. I think and, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Th He's this a is sexy. Is. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so I'll, I'll, I, I get, I hear from people when they when they're on the tour and then at the end of the tour you know what did they love but yeah confirmed that's one of the reasons why my friend Enrico does tend to get a lot of business is that <laughs> Italy does have uh, this sex appeal that everyone wants to mm -hmm. everyone wants to go ride it um, but okay wh what should you expect you know when when you actually get there to have a bigger set of pants to go home in <laughs> <laughs> um, well I think that the first thing to point out is that that Italy is is not this place of grand vistas it's not what you're looking at it's more <clears throat> about what you're riding through mm -hmm. um, Italy's about the same size <clears throat> as California but California has about 39 million people and uh, Italy has 60. And million. what's the climate like there? Uh, climate is definitely a bit warmer and uh, more uh, more muggy particularly in the, mm. in the summertime okay. Um, Sounds like Florida. No, mm. not a, not that bad. No. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, Fewer alligators. It is important to note that there's been civilization there for thousands of years, right. which means there's more roads. Oh. So there's less big swaths of empty wilderness with no roads in them. So occasionally in Italy, you'll get the question, why is this road here? Yeah. The, the road's been there for hundreds of years. It just keeps getting paved. Uh, so that's why yeah. it's there. So it really, for Italy, what to expect is not so much what you're seeing, but what you're <clears throat> feeling as you ride through, because it sort of feels like the same stories keep getting told over and over again, but the names keep getting changed. Uh, so it's, it's you know, Liza got it. It's like riding through uh, a romance novel. 
Italy doesn't sort of shock you with its uh, like an adrenaline mm-hmm. ride. It's more it, it seduces you. It, it charms you. Has Fabio been um, on one of your I mean, rides? <laughs> no, but I have actually met Fabio, and I can confirm. I do have a photo. We look nothing alike. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but let's take a, a hit into uh, Italian culture. Now, Italian culture is is at once its strength and its weakness. Uh, the Italians have a passion for life and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, like the quality? What this, what this means is that if you're a traveler who is terribly self-absorbed and on a schedule, that is an tactic that's really going to work well around the world, but particularly it's not going to work well in Italy because <laughs> folks in Italy do not do not live to work. They only work long enough to be able to enjoy life and live. Smart people, yeah. my yeah. opinion. Fucking <laughs> right. Yeah, they stop and talk with each other and, and right. you know don't pay attention to their watches per se. So there's a game you kind of have to play with your when you're in Italy with the local Italians is you have to make your time with them enjoyable and Italians are really good at playing this game with with waiters and hotel staff and whatnot and that's one of the reasons why having a guide in Italy is of greater value than say having a guide in Germany or the Netherlands hmm. Italian culture really is that different and you really do have to kind of play that game so if you're very short on time it's better it's better to consider going with a guide because they can sort of play that game for you hmm. but if you're long on time and short on cash then I would uh, I would start learning how to play that game as you're going through Italy, and you'll get better at it. Uh, it's but it's fun. It's definitely fun. Cool. Okay. Uh, the other thing is you know where to go. Where to go in Italy? Well, it's it's not just for motorcyclists. It's not just this collection of tourist trophy sites. What you want to see as a motorcyclist is you want to see curvy roads <clears throat> and beautiful country. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, motorcyclists, we love mountains. Mm-hmm. All right. Piedmont, so Pimonte, yeah, Como. So that's that's up and that's further up in the north. So we talked about the Alps last time. This time we're talking about mainly Central Italy. That's the Apennines. Mm-hmm. Wait, why? <laughs> you know it like that. Apennine. You can call it Apennine, Apennines. We uh, like Apennines. Apennines, right. But Apennines, right. But, uh, there's any, there's, depending on which language you're pronouncing it. But anyway, this is a mountain range that runs through the middle of Italy. Uh, in central Italy, it's right in the middle. And then as you head north, it sort of veers to the west. And as you head south, it sort of veers to the west. Um, and what that means is the regions that you're envisioning in your head and those beautiful country curvy roads are really going to be in Tuscany. Yeah, you guessed right. Umbria, Marche, uh, and then the region further north, uh, Emilia uh, Emilia Romagna, which is you know, pretty much the Bologna, north of that region really o- on the other food. side. Yes. Uh, so those are the so that sort of cuts the country sort of down by about fifty percent of where you would want to ride. But the problem is we're ignoring the islands mm-hmm. okay sardinia and corsica and i'm mentioning corsica even though it's not 
technically Italy, but Sardinia and Corsica are close together, and riders from Europe typically go to Sardinia and Corsica because they are so gorgeous. They're these high, tall mountain volcanic islands with these great roads and ocean vistas, hardly any traffic. European riders love them, and European motorcycle manufacturers also love Corsica and Sardinia because that's where they do a lot of releases Mm -hmm. for bikes because the photos end up being so good of their new sexy (laughs) motorcycle. So that is a whole separate region which I would say that people should consider when going to that area of the world. Don't rule out Corsica and Sardinia. Consider it for an entirely separate trip. Or if you're there for a long time, definitely go there and you want to ride. And is this uh, how how prevalent is English there? Uh, it depends on how close you get to uh, your major touristy destinations. It's less common than, say, in, in Germany or the Netherlands, where just about everyone speaks a little bit of English. You're going to have to get by. But <clears throat> what do you have to do? L- let's be honest. You have to get put gas in your bike. You need a place to sleep and you need food. Spaghetti. These are the th- so <laughs> you're not going to you're pulling over by the side of the road on some tiny little village that you can't pronounce. You see a place named Trotteria. Okay, yeah, it's a restaurant. People are obviously eating there. You go in, you grab the menu, you just point and whatever you get is probably going to be really good. So. Uh, how do you say meatball in Italian? <laughs> Just say grazie, hopefully. Grazie. Grazie. Right. Uh, so Prego, grazie. so you, can, you, can, you can get yourself fed without English. You can get fuel in your motorcycle without English. Although I will have to admit that the automated machines for uh, Italy's gas stations are probably the most confusing anywhere in Europe. Mm. That's So it, try to go to a place where there's obviously somebody there that you can pay in person. Isn't uh, also mm. green the, the color for regular yes, gas? Yes, that's and, the same all the way across yeah. Europe. They, they, mm. switch the, they, they switch the colors on you, so be sure you're not putting diesel. It has happened. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it has oh happened. right. Green, sad we think of as diesel, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you can, you can get by. So you've, there, you've got food, you got gas. Okay, a hotel room. Come on, how hard is it to hotel? get? Your average, your average hotel is used to dealing with people who do not speak Italian. They will get you a room and you can pay for it. I can so, get my uh, AAA discount. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure about that. The AAA. <laughs> so even we have to get away from this fear of not being able to fully communicate. You're still going to get fed. You can still sleep. You're still going to get gas. You're going to survive. You're going to have a wonderful time. And you'll yeah. run into people who can speak English. Well, here's a question we know about italian cafes and coffee and (laughs) wines are there italian beers yes there are um i wouldn't say they're as good as what you can get in in germany or belgium or the czech republic but yes they do drink beer uh they probably drink they probably drink just as much or more wine because Mm, let's face it the the italians they're pretty good at wine Mm -hmm. but beer is available How do you uh, how do you say excuse me? Where's the pub? Excuse, uh, excuse <laughs> is the only word, and there is no word for pub. Pub. Yeah. There is it's no pub. pub because uh. you're not going to the pub. <laughs> you're going to the four hour 
dining ritual oh, that right. is dinner right. in Italy. Mm-hmm. You're having aperitif, and then you're having antipasta and more wine, and then you're having primero and more wine, and then you're having secondi and more wine, and then you're having oh, yeah. some more wine and then dessert. And this this happens over four hours as you and your motorcycling buddies talk about where you've ridden and where yeah. you're going. My to soul ride. is Italian. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is one of the best parts of Italy is not just the food itself, but also the enjoyment of taking a long time to converse with your friends over the food. And tasting it. Yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you, Kat, from what I understand about a lot of the roads in Italy, there is far less car traffic automobiles now tell me your experience wait a minute um it depends on depends on where you are Mm -hmm. um uh, first i will warn everybody that there is yes you've heard about italian drivers italian drivers are not crazy italian drivers are just aggressive Mm -hmm. and they're good your average italian driver is is a pretty good driver a better driver except of course if they are seated in the Fiat Panda. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Google what the That's, fuck that is right now. Is that the European version of our Prius? Yeah, it, I was it, about to say. I, I basically say it, it turns Italians into Belgians. Oh, okay, they're, they, they, it's It's generally you come across them on country roads driven by a farmer. They're these tough little vehicles, that oh, yeah. two-cylinder that seem to last forever. Two-cylinders, really? Yep, oh, they don't shit. go very fast, and they will drive you insane, and they're almost always blue. Yeah. I think that might be the car that Phil taught his wife a manual transmission. So I have a question. What would you say is the perfect bike for riding in Italy? It depends on how tall you are. Okay. Okay. Um, but of course, if you're in Italy, there is the desire to, you know, ride Italian. You can ride, uh, you can ride. There are a few places that rent Moto Guzzi. So you can have like the nerd version of the, of the cafe racer. Cause it, it, it's nerdy, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. There, there's a fun aspect to a Moto Guzzi. They make you grin just at, just at idling. Mm-hmm. And then of course you, a lot of people want to ride a Ducati, which you can do in Italy because there are places that do rent Ducatis in mass. But that's why I was wondering for the road conditions. Mm-hmm. The, the roads are good. You can ride a sport bike. Are you better off to get uh, an adventure or something like that? Um, Upright? The, th- the, thing I, the thing I enjoy, I guess, about bikes like the Multistrada mm. is that it can make a bad road fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yep. there is some great pavement to be had in Italy, and there's some shitty pavement to be had in mm-hmm. Italy. But if you're on a Multistrada, it doesn't matter. You're I was about to say, when you say shitty it. pavement, I got excited. Right. <laughs> so, you, can, you can start ramming it through. Well, I, I did want to give everyone you know, a, a, a trophy road, a destination highway mm-hmm. of note. Last time I talked about the Alps, I talked about Mangan Pass as the, the true pass for riders. Mm-hmm. I'll give another road specifically in Italy that I think people would want to ride. There's dozens of other roads like this one, but this one has a special notoriety because this is where Ducati often tests its street bikes. Mm. This is uh, uh, Strada Provinciale 477, otherwise known as Zambuca Pass. Mm-hmm. And is that from... <sighs> Where is it from and to? It's not necessarily that long of a road. Let's talk about it in terms of where it's located in relation to two major areas. Like Rome? 
Bologna. Okay. My Bologna has a first name. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's, it's actually Borgo Penegale, the neighborhood, <laughs> the neighborhood of Bologna. Where Fancy du- Bologna. Where it, and we can talk about the Ducatis, the, the, visiting Ducati as well. Uh, but there's the main run. If you live in Bologna and you're going on Sunday ride, you're going to take Radicosa Pass. Everybody does. But if you're a Ducati test rider, you head a little bit further south, take a few back roads, and you ride Sambuca Pass. Not necessarily because it has bad pavement or good pavement. It's a mix of both. There's less traffic on it. It's another one of those roads in Europe that doesn't make sense why it's there. It just keeps getting paved now and again. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's been there for hundreds of years, and right now, its best use is for being a Ducati test road. Mm. So all of the monsters, all of the multistratas, while the Panigales were tested on Mugello and Mizano mm. and Imola, all of your Ducati street bikes, I guarantee at one point was tested on that road. So Sambuca. Ride it and enjoy it. Now I kind of want to go ride a monster there. And I've never <laughs> wanted to ride a monster anywhere. <laughs> it just seems like that would be a great bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, obviously, those bikes are available to rent on our tours, and uh, not on our tours. You, they, I would advise getting them in Rome. But anyway, for arrival, if you want to see the classical part of Italy, the Tuscany, the Umbria, Marche, and head up to Bologna, you can see uh, the Ducati plant, uh, which is actually, even if it doesn't sound interesting, it's more interesting than it sounds. Uh, for some Ducatisti, it's an absolute must to go see it. Uh, but uh, I think it's just interesting on the whole uh, it's particularly how the the places run and how an Italian company works and it's you know egalitarian and it's well organized uh, they're moving right along and then of course the emotional moment for me is when you see the bike started for the first time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you realize that someday that's going to be somebody's baby it's alive it's going to be sitting in someone's garage and they're going to open up the door mm-hmm. from the kitchen and just look in and go yeah, <laughs> it's still there or it that's might actually bike. be yeah. in the kitchen right. <laughs> <laughs> hey baby good morning in the bedroom <laughs> uh, I guess the, the other thing about food is do be aware that there are some regional specialities mm-hmm. uh, and be sure to take advantage to those like when you're in Bologna you want to eat the tortellini and the ravioli because that's what they're good at mm-hmm. you ask any Roman if you would dare eat you know cacio and pepe or carbonara in Siena yeah. and they will turn up their nose they said no they don't know how to make it <laughs> <You know? Okay. laughs> it's they, run, these are the signature Roman dishes mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so you know pay attention to that as you're roaming around roaming about uh, Cacio pepe, that's like uh, just it's it's noodles and cheese, right? Noodles, cheese, and pepper. Pepper, pepper yeah. that's right. But it's just yeah. it's so simple yeah, and so great. good. Same as so it's carbonara. hard to do right. It's mm. hard to do right. Yeah, the the real ish, the real thing with uh, Italian food there, I guess, is forget everything you think you know about Italian food if, if you're from the U.S. Yeah. and just go eat and realize mm. that the ingredients are very high quality, but it's also prepared with such passion that the dishes are just amazing. So yeah, yeah you can. You, know, you can easily gain weight mm-hmm. <laughs> over and enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's get down to where you're going to be coming into. Most likely, your cheap flights and your bikes are going to be in and out of Rome. Uh, and my recommended spot in Rome for motorcycles, which we use, they have a broad array of machines. Mostly, almost the entire BMW line and almost the entire uh, Ducati line. Uh, so you can ride both, and they do occasionally rent some uh, motoguzis as well. Talk like he talks. Enrico. What, Enrico? Yeah. Uh, you know what? You, I'm going to give you a call. 
I promise I'm going to tr- really try oh, hard. Oh, you going to get him on the phone? <laughs> I'm really, I, I suppose I could. Mm-hmm. I suppose I could get him on the phone. Can we give him lines to say yeah. with his accent? <laughs> the, the worst thing, the worst thing is when you try to get, when Enrico tries to copy other people's accents and uh. it comes out uh. so uh. wrong. <laughs> like he, tr- he tries to copy like a Minnesotan accent <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> it's just such a mess. That's um, a horrible accent. After I've been so with Enrico, Awesome. for a week I will be able to replicate his accent pretty well I want to try to give you guys a call while I'm while I'm in Florence <laughs> like after qualifying uh, at, at Mugello I want to try to call in and talk, talk with Liza I'm just trying to picture how that sounds is that like oh yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> hearing Enrico you try betcha. to say oh you you betcha you betcha <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's, uh, it's like Sigal and trying to uh, do a Texas accent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's great. good. That's great. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. Yes. <laughs> so HP Motorrad in Rome. Uh, and then if you're thinking about taking a tour but are not interested in MotoGP and not interested in track riding, I do recommend uh, Hear the Road motorcycle tours. Uh, there's a reason we partner with Hear the Road uh, every year because we want authenticity. Um, he'll get you to the, the off, off the beaten path places, the good places to ride. And if uh, a scheduled tour is not something you're into, he also does uh, custom designed GPS guided tours. Oh, that's awesome. And a, a good idea is like you're going to be in the country, say, for a month. Start out with one of Enrico's tours for like a week, just to just to get your feet wet, just a little bit of guided going type of thing. I want to hear him say in his accent, mm-hmm. and if you know what this means. Uh. Mi piace il tuo pomelo di formaggio. <laughs> Do you know what I just said? Something I have about, no idea. Something I about know dick more, cheese. I yeah. know more about uh, more I German than like I do Italian. I like your cheesy knob. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, God. He, he catched. That's, that's yeah. like the that literal transcript. recommended um, <laughs> tour was here as in audio here or are we talking about here there everywhere uh uh h clarity h e a r as in here the road so this listen is listen to the road this is enrico enticing you it, it, this is something again mm. where enrico is trying to say do you hear the road calling you uh, you know it, this is italian him trying sure. to yes this is this is italian that did not translate well into english <laughs> so it's here the road uh motorcycle tours um, enrico knows every little back road in italy nice and he tests a lot of the restaurants and hotels in his off time so mm, nice. we, we trust him and half the time when we go to a trattoria is it Enrico what should we order and we just we eat what Enrico tells us to because he's already sampled half the menu yeah so yeah. how long has he been doing this uh, geez, I think he's been at it now for 10 years. Oh, so he's got his game down. Yeah, yeah. Now, That's great. If you push him, can you get him to blow his top and yell? Because every Italian I've known, you can get him to do that. <laughs> I'm pretty I've got him angry, I think, maybe twice. Hmm. Yeah. Do, yeah. Do they like throw things and throw their hands? That's what I like. I like pushing Italians. <laughs> well, you just like Not just Italians. Like you just like pushing people's buttons in general. All right. Fair enough. Because you're an asshole. That's true. <laughs> No, he used to be an advertising producer. So yeah, he knows how to push people's buttons. <laughs> but he also he has he's, he's gotten really skilled at smoothing things over. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, yeah. As a damage tr- control, yeah. well, a true leader would have to do that well. I would imagine. And you also brought something with you that we get to play a little game. Yeah. Well, since I'm leaving literally next Thursday, I thought I would show you since I'm going to be in Italy for. 
a month. I am now holding in my bag, holding my hand. This is my Rolo bag, and the link is included uh, on the episode. Uh, now, as smart travelers will know, you don't fold your clothes; mm-hmm. you roll them. Yep. And mm. this, by the way, is the size See of like room. a Mark Jacobs bag. Okay. Right. But what what this Rolo bag is? It's specifically roll your clothes and then. Roll all your bags. What? Roll all your clothes into a roll. It's like a tool roll for your clothes. Oh my exactly. god! It is a giant tool roll. It's smaller than a like. It is like a large it's like woman's Emma's purse. purse. Smaller yeah. than a um, really a backpack. It's, yeah, right. But it is a giant tool roll with a net fill, net on the inside so that you can pack everything Do and you then have roll blue it up. Camo trousers. Uh, Wait, which nice. one's the underwear? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. those are mm-hmm. those. Th- believe it or not, those, those are, are those, those are, are actually underwear that were a gift from a client. <laughs> if you can believe that. That got a little weird. Gave me underwear. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm about that. Thanks, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking like a real douchebag right now. As long as it lifts Larry and cares. cups at the same time. <laughs> Larry cares. So literally, what you're looking at is this is all the clothing I will live off of for a month. Wow. Wow. Damn. And this is, right. th- and that includes the clothing that I will wear on the airplane. Hmm. Nice. So, and yeah. so you're not doing laundry. You actually have no. Everything. I do laundry. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm okay. doing laundry, and because the other thing, I do not have. I took the strap off of the Rolo bag. It normally has a carrying strap, and I have replaced that strap with Gruntline. Oh. This is the other item which I have, which we have the link for in the show notes. The Gruntline is actually your mobile laundry line that you oh. do not need to use clothespins with. So you can do hotel sink laundry, hmm. and then you stretch up your grunt line in the room and you attach your stuff and if you've purchased the right clothing mm-hmm. which we can go into in a, another it looks like visit. indiana jones bullwhip yeah, but it's, it's stretchy yeah it's just it's just uh it's actually like, just most people in the military know know what this stuff is it's, wow. like, it's like braided rubber or something yeah it's just it's, it's like just braided rubber with yeah. that stretches wow. and then and you, then you use it then you, you stretch the little braid apart and you put your little clothes you put your clothing through and then you can oh it. shit that's ingenious yes, yes. wow what's the it's name than decorating the whole hotel What's room? the name of this bag? Because I really like this. <laughs> okay, the bag literally is called a Rolo bag. Okay. Right? I like the candy. And, and uh, again, the, the link will be in the show notes. So. Sweet. Nice. Yeah. So those are my two items that are always in the tour guide's bag and allow me to travel <laughs> light. The full name on Amazon or wherever you want to buy this is, is the Tactical Gruntline yep. Deluxe Multifunctional uh, Elastic Cord. Yeah, which is really <laughs> helpful for you know putting together busted saddlebags or tying other things down. Yeah, but then at cord. night, you end up using it to hang your clothes. Mm-hmm. I can think of other things. I hate it because I didn't think of this first. (laughs) (laughs) Bags, it has been used for that before, too. I'm sure. (laughs) Full service tour. Wait, huh? Yes. Oh, got it. Okay. It has been we used don't, for that. Uh, too. We don't fetish. We don't fetish shame around here. As you sit <laughs> with a what? dick above your head. That's right. It's a lighthouse. That's sure. It's a, it's a yes, leaning it's, tower of lighthouse. Calling you home. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, uh, God, you always like get. You get me like wanting to go travel. You wow. should. This is the best way to see the world. Is on two wheels. You know it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's ask you. I just want to ask you one more question. Mm. What's one dish that you have to eat when in Italy? <clears throat> well, 
am I? Are you asking me, or are you asking? I'm asking you. What's like? What like am I, What's the? Like, what's the something make... I'm going to make sure I have mm-hmm, when I get over mm-hmm. there? Okay, there's one thing I'm going to make sure I have this time, and I've done it twice now. There's a little trattoria in Orvieto. The dish is it's just pasta and truffles. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I don't necessarily get it because I'm a huge fan of truffles. It's delicious, of course. There are other dishes on the menu I li- might like more, but it's the sheer show of the truffles because it's like a 20 euro dish, but they put like $150 worth of truffles on it. <laughs> wow. Because the market Perfect. value for truffles there versus when in the United States, so it's like these big shavings of truffle all over this <laughs> pasta, and it just blows people's minds away. And of course, it's delicious, but it, that's it's half of it is the show. So I will be eating the, the truffle and pasta dish Fresh in Orvieto. pasta, yes. too. Oh. Mm. Like meat mushrooms. Wow. Yes. Nice. So I wanted to um, real quick give a whir-whir update. Yeah. beep 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 <laughs> so, um, where were they're still going? And um, they went up to Finland and now they're down in Estonia, where we actually um, we worked in like a two day break in Estonia in case we ran into problems. They've run into snow, mm-hmm. like up in I think Sweden or Norway, like a and, lot, and they got like trucks to get them. Uh, through the snow like they've constantly come up with solutions and there was this um there's this one woman from canada named bridget who this was her dream to go out to europe and ride all over rented a bike and got the norovirus and they had to leave her behind but they left her in somebody's home who cared for her wow Wow. and then uh when she felt better they they got a truck to transport she still wasn't strong enough got a truck to transport her and her bike uh to where she got a cruise ship (laughs) (laughs) to cross a body of water and she was like she's taking pictures like look i'm at the show at night and like here's the casino and she had a great time (laughs) and then she got to estonia where where the girls had gone uh to finland and then were coming down and met up with them so she's been having an adventure herself um and it's uh it's going to be heading south uh down towards uh Turkey, <clears throat> and I just wanted to share. This is kind of where it gets real because it's been a big tour. We had at one point, I think two hundred and twenty. I two, think was the largest. Oh my god, really? One hundred and thirty yeah. is what I heard. Ooh, uh, no, I'm pretty sure it's been crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. The of amount people. of women coming out and riding, carrying the baton, um, but it's going to get down to Turkey, <clears throat> and that's where it all kind of ends because. This is where stuff gets real, and it's no longer riding around in Europe where it's easy. Yeah, everything's easy, and um, we actually we're not going to take the baton through Iran. There's been too many issues. Um, there's been people who've been turned away and told that you can't have bikes larger than 250 cc's. There's been others that have gotten through, but there's been some that were told that they can't. Mm. And they had to hire like a box truck to transport their bike and mm. just stuff like that. And then we heard a story of someone else who it took them bagel five days to be processed from Iran to Pakistan border. Yeah. Because apparently... Uh, tourists can only go through this one border mm. crossing, but you actually have to go 
into Pakistan to travel around the mountain to go back to Iran to get to the border crossing. <laughs> but you can't go in without police escorts. So it also depends wow. on the availability of any police. Yeah. So they'll make you like stay here in this hotel until someone else picks you up and takes you. And it was like a five day <laughs> process. So too many risks. Um, so we decided that we're just going to ship the baton <clears throat> over to Pakistan. But I wanted mm-hmm. to highlight and knock. Have I talked about uh, uh, Benaz Benaz Shafe? Benaz Shafe. This is a person. This is a person. I think you might have. It sounds vaguely familiar. I might have brought her up, but I yeah, want to bring her up again because yeah. it's pretty cool. Um, in Iran, it is actually well. It's not illegal for women to ride. But it's illegal to ride without a driver's license, and they won't issue you a driver's license. Mm, how convenient. Mm. But apparently, there's still a couple women left who are grandfathered in. They got their license back like in the 70s or something. Wow. Oh, and wow. they can still ride. But they out. have not, since then, uh, issued driver's, uh, rider's licenses to women. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this woman, Bonnet, uh, Benaz, she loved riding. She loves riding. I don't want to say past that. She loves riding. It was very important to her. She loves dirt. She loves uh, street. But she can't legally ride. Mm. Um, And she wanted to get on the track and race. Mm. And it took her three years of lobbying to be allowed onto the track to race. Because it's not it's not breaking any laws to be on a track. Um, she kept lobbying, and they finally agreed. And so the way it worked was, this, the men were racing. And when it was time for the women to race, all the men had to exit the track. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All wow. the marshals, all the fans, everybody had wow. to exit the track. The women, and she also had to get other women to learn how to ride so she'd have someone to race. And be Didn't they and still have to wear? Oh, yeah, they yes. still wear, uh-huh. yeah. So, and they had to train women to be marshals, to do everything. Then the women went out there, they had the race, and then the men were allowed to come back in. And um, Benaz is a very talented racer, and she goes to other countries and races, right? So <clears throat> she won. She is now the road racing champion <laughs> of... <laughs> Iran. Nice. Yet she cannot ride on the street. Hmm. And so, uh, even though the baton's not going to be going through, we are going to be spending a track day with Benaz and, and getting a lot of like photos and video oh, and, and learning about the women who are doing everything they can to be able to ride there. And, and Benaz has ridden, but she has to dress like a man to yeah. do it. Yeah. Wow. And hope she doesn't get caught. Mm-hmm. And yep. it, it, it's just sad that that's a risk she has to take for the thing that she has so much passion for. I mean, we all love riding. Mm-hmm. And we all go out there and take a risk. But riding as a woman in Iran is a whole nother level yeah. of risk. It reminds me of like Betsy, wasn't it? Bessie Springfield. Bessie, oh, Bessie yeah. Springfield. Yeah. So, so I just wanted people to know the name Benaz Shafier. It's S H A F I E I. You can look her up. She's kind of fascinating. Um, and I'm going to say, not bad looking either. <laughs> She's a very pretty woman, very nice, and that's what I've been working with. So, um, that's the where we're update. Yeah, it's going to get real. Um, we're going to be heading down through the Middle East and into Asia, um, where we're now discovering all sorts of other issues we adventure. may encounter. It, it really is, is an adventure, yeah. but it, it's going to get a little bit harder until we get down to Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of Elspeth's 
asbestos stories of um, her trials and tribulations in um, India and Pakistan. And she actually uh, had some interesting Iranian, being female in mm-hmm. particular, uh, experiences. And that was just at the start of the revolution in Iran. Ooh, I will tell you something I'm working on right now. Mm. Speaking of... Revolution? Your manners? No, in Pakistan. (laughs) Damn Uh, damn it. That's revolutionary. (laughs) No, this is kind of cool. If anyone remembers way back, and and Bagel, you're going to know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Uh, The border with India. Yeah, Wagga. Wagga border. It's in a big stadium. And you go there, and there's a gate across the border, and and everyone lines up in the stadium. you got the Pakistani side, and you have the the Indian side. Mm -hmm. And you have Rangers on both sides these guys with the hats and they're tall and they've got plumes and and, and flags and and it's like and it's like the (laughs) ministry of silly walks going on and it's like a competition of who can out march the other Mm -hmm. and they're both doing like opposing marches on each side of the gate Mm -hmm. then they throw open the gate the flags go up and two of the rangers reach over shake hands to say it's another day of peace and this happens every day Mm-hmm. Every day. Well, we're going to try and arrange so that the baton pass can happen what? during oh, the yeah. ceremony. No oh, because the women, like for them to go to the border to pass it, yeah. you can't get that close to the border. Mm-hmm. Wow. But mm-hmm. the rangers can. Oh, wow. So they can ride their bikes into both sides of the stadium mm-hmm. and then hand it to the rangers who will walk over and, this and is meet where, each other. where wow. the men are supporting the women in their journey. That's right cool. on. There you wow. go. So I know, right? Cool. So I'm going to call our good friend Moy and see if he can help us out with this. Pull Thank some you. strings. Wow. I like I it. I know. Wouldn't that be, be amazing? Awesome. Yes. <laughs> Pull that. That's a, that's a very a nice second. Kind of yeah. That's a very nice second. I'd prefer to travel it, you know, and cross it with the ladies. But if you, uh, you know, seconds, that's some sweet seconds. Well, if you get that close to the border without a visa, they'll shoot you. So <laughs> Yeah. No, not and, really want that. And, no. and that's, and, and that's a, an incredibly symbolic place to do. Do that handoff yeah. to it. right. So that's really photo cool. op. Exactly. Are you kidding? That's going to be in all the newspapers. Oh, yeah. well, I wonder what how their dance will be. You know, knowing that it's not happen. a dance. <laughs> okay, sorry. Their march. <laughs> I can tell you when I was there, and they actually pulled us out of the Super stadium, about it. down hmm. into the ceremony, and here I'm like marching up to the gate, and it took all my strength not to start like doing high kicks. <laughs> Liza, that would be dangerous with your knees. You're childish. <laughs> I know, I know. So anyway, that's the where we're update. Um, it's still going. Colette is still writing. Good for her. Day, I don't know, seventy some is crazy. Yeah. Wow. What day is it again? I think it's seventy two. Seventy two, seventy something. Seventy three. I should know like since that. I'm in charge of the route, but I mean, <laughs> you I got know. union people for that. <laughs> exactly. So not. Yes. We've got some uh, good emails to read. What do you have there? Uh, this one's called Broken Bolts and Lettering Drill Bits from oh. Andre- Andreas Geller. Oh, this is right up our alley. Mm-hmm. And Andreas is from Germany. Hey, Germany. Andreas. Hello, Andreas. Howdy from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still listening Howdy. to your podcast. <laughs> oh, no. I'm still listening to your podcast a year and a half later since I stopped by by the island nest. Have you been watching Sprockets? Yes. <laughs> Would you like to touch my monkey? <laughs> While wrenching on my bike in 308, you are using easy out for broken bolts. Get them flat, use a center punch, and left turning drill bits. 
uh, learned that trick from Abom79 over at YouTube. Uh, <laughs> hi, Emma. Do you know about these vinyl recordings they used to make from racetracks like Isle of Man or the Nuremberg Rink? Over the years, I found I could uh, I could only find a few of them. Uh, I bet that's a good story for a mystery hole. I am wondering if there are somewhere similar ones on old Harleys and Indians fighting on the tracks. Uh, time to continue wrenching on my shovel head as it is slowly getting warmer outside. So long from Hamburg, Andy. Can you uh, read that so in English long, now? Andy. <laughs> Howdy Andres. from Germany. <laughs> I'm going to listen to your podcast uh, one and a half years later since to stop by the oh, okay. Thank you. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Um, you don't want, yes, you don't want that uh, shit. Yes, left-hand drill bits are great, and I have a set, and they're so mm. expensive, I won't let anyone use them. <laughs> um, you have to buy... Sp- specific left-hand drill bits. And the the shame here is that when you do get an irregular traditional easy out, it comes with forward drill bits. And the problem is you have to drill the hole out and you're tightening the broken bolt Mm -hmm. as you're doing that. So I got left-hand drill bits because a lot of times they will come out just as you're drilling it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're using these other kind of easy outs, and it's a Craftsman one. I don't have the name with me. Yeah, they're tapered, aren't it's they? It's Craftsman, and it's a double-sided bit yeah. that on one side is a... It's less like a drill bit and more like a grinder cone shape, yeah. like a cone-shaped grinder. Right. And it grinds a reverse triangle hole, I guess, like right? A cone. Kind of like a larger center punch, basically. Yeah, and then the other side, you flip it over, and it is a reverse... Um, bit with a sharp edge, almost like a router bit, like mm-hmm. a Roman Ogi or something, right? Mm-hmm. Ogi, Roman Ogi. Um, and usually one of the two will get it out. But there's a lot of tricks. Reverse thread drill bits is all you should use when using any sort of easy out. Yeah. I just don't want to let anyone use them. Plus, <laughs> I can't sharpen them in my sharpener, which is made uh, for forward drill bits. You just wow. turn everything backwards. <laughs> 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 Do you have reverse? Hold on, I have to think if that was actually possible. <laughs> uh, yeah, so in regards to doing, uh, getting old stuck broken belts, aside from having really nice tools and equipment, take your time. Mm. Be patient. And yeah. feel it. What was his name? Uh, uh, Where? Andreas Gerler. Andreas. Andreas. Vielen Dank, From Andreas. Hamburg is my Lieblingsfach Deutsche Stadt. Wait, a what? <laughs> I know he's throwing stuff out, right? <laughs> no, no, no. See, now I'm just gonna it's look a, really bad because he's actually gonna speak German. No, no, it's a, no. <laughs> I basically, basically saying Hamburg is my favorite, uh, favorite German city. Nice. And, and uh, ich liebe meine Fischkopffreundin. A lot of people <laughs> don't know that Hamburg is the home of the hot dog. <laughs> and the Hamburglar. <laughs> that is true? Is this true? They don't know das what they're talking about. I'm really true. sorry. <laughs> All right. It's a wonderful city. So I got one here. Too bad Jim's gone. This one is right up his alley. Uh, this is from, from Patrick. And he says, so just to agree with Jim that getting old fucking blows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, it hurts. It just, yeah. just, that's that's all old age is. Like yeah. There's way more grunting. No, this is good. <laughs> Been wanting a lift table for working on my bikes. I'm 40 this year. That is not old. Wow. And, and, Wait a minute. Jesus. Hey, what's up, homie? I'm You're also 40. You're only 40. Hold up here, Puss Cake. Uh, <laughs> I know. I'm 40 
property this year and concrete hurts to sit on all afternoon. Mm-hmm. True that. I have found no good sales or used shit. I went to my brother's lumber yard and swiped enough to build a static table and ramp. Thanks. So he, he used to be a carpenter. Um, and I had the first lumber measured out. And before I made the first cut, checked Craigslist one more time. What did he find? Uh, mm. A Kendon folding sport bikes lift table for sale for 200 bucks. Oh, dope. Nice. Uh, dope. It had been sitting for 10 years and needed a refresh, and it came with all the accessories available. When I got there, the guy said he should charge me more because I was first in line of about 12 people on the first day. <laughs> uh, tell him the second dick. <laughs> Shoulda, coulda, woulda, pal. He, he laughed and said he would never do that because he wanted it to have a good home. Oh, good. He rides cool. a Yamaha Warrior to Laconia every year, and we talk bikes for about two hours. Oh, nice. okay. Possibly He's made simple. a new lifelong biker friend, and now I'm Refreshing yeah. the uh, f- refreshing the jack took about an hour. Sweet. Oh, okay. that's and great. And he's got a picture of his bike up on the lift. That's a nice. KTM uh, Supermoto. Uh, I forgot 690 something right there. 690 is a great bike. Here's what I like. Check this out. So, this is the Kendon. So, Kendon makes folding trailers yeah. as well um, that uses it's, it's, it's smaller. Oh, this is a nice ramp, dude. Well, check yeah. that out. That looks like a, it's not like a large table. It looks like it's a very narrow, like the, the clamps are. Mm-hmm. Or the the ramp, the table is the width of the tires that with clamps, and then wider legs for for stability. So oh, that's convenient. Yeah, it's one of the scissor tables. It's not the the, mm-hmm. not the parallel ones, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is cool. Well, congrats, man! Big, that out. Right on. Sweet. So and it doesn't sound like that. The guy is just like, yeah, you scored. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if that's lightweight like enough that you can move it around. One of the reasons I have gotten one of the lift tables is they're big. They take up a lot of space that I don't have because I park bikes in there. Yeah. Um, and you can't move them. Yeah. And this yeah. one looks like it might be Mobile. lightweight enough. Ooh. I see casters mm-hmm. on there. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Bagel, what do you have there? I've got an email from Lawrence Matthew Riggs. And uh, Lawrence writes... Hey, Lawrence. That's a, that's a Hollywood name. Yeah. I know. He sounds <laughs> famous. Starring Lawrence Matthew Riggs. <laughs> and he says, uh, love your show. I've just found your podcast. You guys remind me of when I started riding street bikes some 20 odd years ago. Uh, my buddies rode and they took me to a friend of theirs that was older and he used to love the CB750. Mm-hmm. He would mod them and make them into choppers and dirt draggers and such. <laughs> I love that your crew is mm-hmm. teaching the young people and, ha- and making it fun. I also have to say, I've had many Honda CB750K interceptors. I also uh, now have an, an FJR1300, which is a great sport mm-hmm. tour. Oh, yeah, yeah. so oh, much yeah. power. Classic. Nice. Lots of power, but little personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, my My favorite bike was the CB900 Super Sport. Mm-hmm. When, oh. when you went too fast, they would let you know... Uh, no, the new ones will just rocket off, rocket you off into a bush. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna a little thing about that in a real yeah. quick, but go ahead. Uh, I also have my dad's bike, a 305 Honda Dream. Needs a ton of work. Wow, cool. And it says, keep up the good work. Yeah. Oh, thank you, man. Awesome. Thanks, yeah, Lawrence, w- Matthew. When the first CBR 900s came out, the things came out with like 16 and a half. Or it was the 16 inch front. front. I had one. Yeah. Dicey as all hell. Man. Yeah, and nobody at that point, nothing turned like it. And it stopped like it, and so people would just wad the shit out of them because they weren't expecting a bike to be that capable. From it was really sketchy, nervous up yeah. front, and then of course bottled with a ridiculous amount of horsepower. Yeah, it was my first sport sport bike. I was a complete squid on it. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Sounds like, that sounds like the perfect bike for me. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, Kat, can you remind everybody how they can find you and get more information about oh, your tours? Sure. Um, the website is Layout Escapes, L-E-O-D, escapes.com. And it's uh, tours for track riders and people who love MotoGP. Eek mag dinen kitzengen knopf. <laughs> doesn't make no. Schlichter flichter. Sorry. <laughs> what? I shouldn't have said that. It's not quite the same meaning. <laughs> something got lost in the translation. That's his neat good. It, it means something Something like, I, I like your, your trashy head. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, the, the the cheesy didn't really translate. No. The kiss kitchen is is not really a word that gets used it, often. For it's kitschy. Yeah, it's it's basically. I like your kitschy head. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you're just trying to get this translated Lost as translation. many possible languages. Oh as, yes, as I as have been doing it many languages. <laughs> <laughs> I like your cheesy now. You smack down in kitchen. It's. Oh boy. Oh. Knopf. Okay. Knopf. All right. Button. Knopf. Yeah. Knopf. Yeah. yeah knopf. <laughs> That's what I said. Button. <laughs> oh, I know. Let's focus on English. All right. And and <laughs> did you say what your upcoming tours are? Uh, the upcoming tour that I'm heading out on. Uh, Next week, uh, I'll be doing the Italian ride with uh, two days at MotoGP at Mugello. And then uh, a week later in June, I'll be doing the Italian Dream, which is roughly the same tour, but we do track time on Mugello. And aren't you doing something here locally in Northern California? I will be doing something here locally in Northern California uh, later in the year. Uh, first, I've got to do Zoxenring in the Italian Alps in yeah. August and September uh, then I pop down and do Italy one more time and then we to see MotoGP at Mazzano and then the Spain tour the uh, Pyrenees uh, to uh, three days of track time on Aragon that's the 4th to the 14th of October then I'm back to do uh, no I have to fly back quickly and head down to Australia and do uh, late October to early November to ride Italian curves to two days of track time in Phillip Island and then I'm back to ride my still my favorite place to do a week of motorcycle touring is Northern California with two days with California Superbike School at Laguna Seca yeah yeah and you know I was just yeah. going to offer if you can't get like a, a MotoGP racer that if some Somebody wants to have a misfit of their choice. <laughs> we would make that available. Patreon goal. <laughs> I know. And, you know, we talked about food being such a big thing. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. you know, we did our moto food tour. I travel to area. ride, but I ride to eat. There you go. Mm-hmm. Live to ride, ride to eat. That's our motto. <laughs> and you got to take them out for some nice fried artichoke carts and tacos. Oh, yeah. No, definitely got to do got to do the, the official street taco action when you're in California. Mm-hmm. But the yep. deep fried artichokes, I, I'd be game for that. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. There uh-huh. you go. And maybe yeah. some oysters a little further north. Good stuff. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Marshall. Yeah. Stop by Marshall. Uh-huh. You get people oysters. I think they're disgusting. To me, they're just like snot in a shell. But other <laughs> I'm inclined to agree. <laughs> for fucking filter feeders. <laughs> um, oh, and I just want to say, I'm just going to drop a tease. Uh, coming up in the next like month, month and a half, 
been booking some guests. We're having guests coming from out of town. Yay. We're now having guests flying in. In fact, we have a guest flying in on an 11-hour flight to come be on our show. Wow. That's all I'm going to say. (laughs) Boy, is she going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's not. You know why? Because we're doing riding every day. Oh, okay. There you go. Dirt riding. Street riding. Oh, for real? Where are you guys going dirt riding? Hollister? The usual? The usual. All right. No, for somebody who doesn't usually go to Hollister, it's pretty cool. Usually you mean the train tracks by the hobo house? (laughs) (laughs) Is that that usual? (laughs) Exactly. No, that, by the way, is the scariest ride I've ever been on. (laughs) (laughs) It's down the street. You never know what you might catch. No, it's it's zombie land yeah. like there were people presumably on drugs i don't know i don't know like laid out on the railroad tracks like dead people yeah Jeez. like oh. i literally felt like it was the walking dead like you're riding past and you don't know if they're going to reach up and grab you wow, <laughs> wow. yeah it was scary uh, yeah i dropped off my bike uh with my buddy jose i have my i have my little uh my suzu box truck that is now my my track track day transport vehicle mm-hmm. i go and i drop off my bike and i'm i'm all bummed out about the fact that we've been fiddling with this bike for almost three months and we still can't figure out what's wrong we did finally figure out what's wrong the camshaft was two teeth off oh. and that's That'll why I, yeah i was just, you, yeah that's why i had no power above uh-huh. ten thousand rpm so jose did the job and he, and he found out he cracked open the engine it's like yeah your camshaft's two teeth off no wonder it's you know but anyway so yeah. i was bummed out i was having a bad day i'm driving my box truck with all my logos and stuff all over and there's a dude walking down the street wearing nothing but underwear and holding two bottles of pills in one, one <laughs> bottle in each hand oh, you know and it just it brightened my day because like you know what you are really not having a bad day yep. at all. <laughs> yeah it's definitely a, a check of appreciation you, know, and gratefulness. you just need a little reality check and yes, sometimes that's, that's what those guys do for you hold on somebody walking down the street in their underwear with two pill bottles is yeah. pretty much tantamount to us riding down the street on our bikes well you know for we're all probably know, he, in the same zone he could be right? having the best Naked. day of his life right there <laughs> i know you know he could be like I took some from this bottle and some from this bottle and it's his best day ever. That's my like retirement dream to just walk around and have <laughs> not worry about anything. No pants. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh my god, this is going downhill. Yeah. Kat, Freedom. I wanted I wanted to thank you for joining us and always oh, for sharing your wealth of knowledge. Oh, there are people who know so much more than I do, but I try to share with what I do know. And it I makes I, society a better place. Yeah. And I think I've asked this before, but let's just ask it again. Mm. What is a place on your list you haven't ridden yet that you really want to? Um, We're going to try to do it next year. Uh, and that is, I've ridden a little bit of the Czech Republic, but I want to mm. ride more of it, yep. and I want to try Bruno. I want to ride mm. Bruno. Oh, yeah. It's a very wide racetrack through the forest. Yeah, I want to ride Bruno. Mm-hmm. And but although I, other people are, they're trying to plan my fiftieth birthday party. And they're saying, no, man, we got to ride Hereth and ride Andalusia. <laughs> so, mm. is he the guy who goes, my wife? What? Bruno? 
Oh, Bruno. Wow. No, no. Bruno, it's a, it's, it's a race. Oh, it's, it's a place. A town. Got it's it. A okay, sorry. It's a party sorry. town. <laughs> Bruno's a party town. Nice. Well, this is uh, the part of the show where I say thank you to everybody who has listened to us so far. Uh, thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Yeah. Congrats, thank you, Evan. To everyone who emails us. We love the stories. In fact, there's somebody who emailed us this week with such an incredible story that I've invited him to come here in person and share it. Oh, wow. I don't want to just read the email. It's an incredible story of life and death. Wow. It really is. And That's, that's uh, usually an incredible story. Mm-hmm. It is. So I'm looking forward to that. We're setting dates. So, yeah, I've got a lot. I've, I've been, like, booking a lot of people lately and, and getting back in the groove. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I'm we'll make you excited. famous. I'm getting excited, <laughs> man. So thank you again. And um, thanks, Sarah, for coming and joining us. So you, you listen to the show. You got to come and hang out and eat some pizza and watch people <laughs> and sit on the show. How has it been for you? It's been really nice. Thank you for letting me come out. I really appreciate it. No problem. Was it all you hoped it would be? <laughs> it was so much more. They have a two-story mansion. <laughs> and isn't Knock much better looking than you expected? No. I would just like to point out that he's sitting in the corner making a paper airplane because he can't sit still for two minutes. No, I know. It's true. All the sounds you've heard were Knock knocking things over as he was reaching for toys. Is that how he got the name Knock? Yes. <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna go with yes. Yes. It was not the tinfoil you heard from Beck's burrito. <laughs> and uh, just a reminder, I do still have T-shirts left, and yeah, I got a bunch of double XLs. Come on, double XL people, where are you? How about XS? You could uh, make them into a little kid's diaper if you want. You know, if you got extra material. <laughs> we're like four of them, uh, or you know, make you make one of those little big goddamn baby yards. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm talking okay, about. That got weird. Oh uh, so I got, uh, I think I got a cu- just a couple larges left, XL, double XL, and if you'd like one, all you got to do is send a PayPal payment of twenty twenty five dollars. I'll do twenty five dollars to recycle motorcycle garage at gmail.com put your size in there and i will send you out a shirt and maybe a couple stickers in there <laughs> i'm just saying get them while they're still available exactly but don't forget to go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com you'll find the links to our youtube channel our instagram page to facebook page everything there and uh i think instagram is really what jim's been doing that and keeping it up to date he's a social media guy i think hey. so and i don't I don't know if you guys have noticed here in this room we always talk about the motorcycle side of the room and the train side of the room mm. have you noticed what's starting to happen on the train side an, of the room it's an invasion bro there's uh-huh. a motorcycle showing hey. up there. trains have been leaving and <laughs> yeah. motorcycles are filling the gaps mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah i see some more gaps. Some the value of this room is depreciated is what's happening <laughs> But I've got even more motorcycles to pull out of storage, and my goal is to fill this room with toy motorcycles. There's probably, if you had a guest knock, how many motorcycles are already on display? I'd probably say like 100, 200, 200, 250. Are you kidding me? There's more. Are you kidding me? Uh, Shit, I don't know. I don't fuck it. 
200 now he has something else to do next time he's in 275 <laughs> podcast room 120 uh, that that shelf above you's got like 25 on one shelf 69 dude you. 69 uh what do you think maybe uh four or five hundred yeah i think you're pushing i think you're pushing 500 600 there's because because yeah. there's, there's small ones big ones way yeah. up at the top yeah. Yeah, you're approaching hoarder levels. <laughs> I think. Yes, I hope you so. have an F six fifty over here. Just got it. <laughs> I know. Like, uh, you're, yeah. Hoarding motorcycles is not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, no, you're like one dead cat buried in some like pile of clothes from hoarder over here. Like, <laughs> nah, that's, that's not. Okay. <laughs> that's not true. All right, this has gone down. Well, let's say goodbye. Thank you again, yeah. everyone, for listening. This is Liza. This is Doc. Bagel. Cat. Sarah. Bex. And we're out of here. Cool. Cool. Ciao. Cool.